1: Welcome to this week's episode of Why Always Us, a Manchester City podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. And uh, Sam, we said on last week's show that the Manchester derby would be a bellwether for where City are. Thanks for teaching me that word, by the way. Um, we're going to discuss all of the talking points from that game on Saturday. Um, and that probably brings to an end this week's show because like, absolutely nothing happened, did it? So, uh, yeah. No, no, only joking, but it was uneventful, wasn't it?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Saturday night. I'm now addressing the listeners directly rather than you. But <laughs> me, and, me and me and David were talking about the podcast on Saturday night and we just said, we'll do it Monday after the Champions League draw and just forget about the game. But, you know, <laughs> the Champions League draw will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the Champions League draw crap. Um but, um but no by Sunday, we were like, actually, I was kind of building, not building it up, but I was saying, you know, it will be an important game to find out where City are at. And... Just because it was a bad game doesn't mean that it doesn't tell us where City are at. And I think there's a lot of things we can take from it. So, yeah, I mean, although there was in many ways nothing to talk about, there was there is actually quite a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, um, you've also been writing this week uh, about Guardiola's use of substitutes, I saw. Uh, and that's I, I, that's something that we are going to get into shortly. Um, if you want to have a read of that, there's a buy one, get one free offer on the Athletic for subscriptions right now. If you sign up, you can give another subscription as a gift to someone else for absolutely nothing. It's the perfect present for any football fan this Christmas. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all the podcasts. Wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to 2020. 2021 by sharing the gift of the Athletic's unrivaled football coverage for the whole year. It's the perfect present for yourself and for someone else. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod to sign up. Sam, apart from the subs, uh, what else is on the agenda for you right now?
0: Uh, quite a bit getting ready for Christmas. So I've on Monday, I will put a tweet out Asking who people would want to sign as a left back, so like there's a whole series about sensible transfers um, on the Athletic. I did one in the summer, and I can't say it was wildly popular. But at the same time, I didn't have it was that was the day the way the day I was doing that. So I did like a kind of what kind of striker could they get? And that was the day I'd had loads of other stuff on. I I got home. I turned my phone on. Do not disturb. Got like just got that out of the way, and then looked at my phone, and it was the day that um, I was told that City was i agreed a deal for Ferran Torres, and because my phone was on Do Not Disturb, I didn't get it. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was very annoying. It was just a very mad busy time. I can't remember exactly what time of year it was, but there was definitely something going on. Um, and yeah, but now I'm kind of focused on left backs and trying to use a tool. Kind of used it before, and people who read other stuff on the Athletic might have seen it called Smarter Scout. Um, it's it's not exactly like this, but it's a bit like Football Manager in the sense that it gives real life players like a rating out of ninety nine based on how they actually perform. And if you set your league as the Premier League, it will say how they're how they're doing relative to the Premier League. So they might. Oh, say, I see. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it, it can be quite handy. I mean, I don't. I'm not putting all my stock into it. I'm not thinking it's the best tool, but it's quite an interesting one. So basically what I'm doing is putting in Tagliafico, who City wanted in the summer or looked at closely in the summer, as kind of a starting point, finding similar players to him and then similar players to Cancelo and seeing who comes up. And I put out a tweet on Monday saying, look, City fans out there in the world who would you like as a left back because we've got there's a few names that have come up but not an awful lot and it's not like the main ones everyone's saying Tio Hernandez David Alaba obviously Um, they've not they've not come up so I'm, I'm going to just get a list of kind of ones that the fans want and say this is the rating here and then kind of kind just of, kind of work through them know. that way yeah, yeah to, to make their mind up from so that'll be out at some point maybe next week because I'm off next week um, what else am I doing probably something on John Stone's for the West Brom game, I wouldn't be surprised if he was rested, maybe, because um, I think he might be needed against Southampton. Play through the press and all that. Good, you know, because he's a very good progressive passer. Certainly better than Diaz at the moment. So I'm wondering if he might be rested until the weekend. But there should be something on Stones coming up soon, unless City have disastrous results in their next two games. Um, and like I just mentioned, that that sensible transfers thing I did in the summer—it's actually very similar to the idea I was going to do. For like Boxing Day, which was everyone just says it's City for City. It's like Haaland or bust, or Haaland or Mbappe or bust, and it's like there must be others out there. Like, <laughs> like there, there must there must be others. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can kind of maybe in a similar way suggest players either similar to Aguero or similar to Jesus or that fits City's profile in a certain way and try and in a similar way to what I've done with the left backs, do that for the strikers really and see what City could be or should be looking at over the next six months.
1: Well, if you'd like to get on board with that, then uh, you can sign up to The Athletic and give the gift of an athletic subscription to someone else this Christmas just by signing up using the code MANCITYPOD. Now, Sam, um, we we said the derby was a bellwether at the uh, the start of the show. Um, we said it last week as well. It was absolutely dull as dishwater. Um, but it, like in the grand scheme of things, they haven't lost any ground on Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea. I mean, how can how can that happen
0: this weekend? Yeah, it's a bit like you know the one all draw with Leeds. When a lot of people, not everyone, to be fair, but quite a lot of people were. Well, losing their shit, I suppose. And then by the end of the weekend, Liverpool had lost seven two, and United had lost six one. And it it really like it really didn't matter as much. And it, it feels it feels like the same thing happened again. Obviously, Liverpool dropped points again. Spurs dropped points again. Chelsea lost, um, and then it, and Arsenal lost again. For, even though it's not, you know, it's not in the race for the title, but it's in a things could be much worse kind of thing. So yeah, a lot of people have kind of woken up on Monday morning and thought, oh, okay, well didn't lose, you know, not, still not you know, fast. win the game yeah. in hand and we're not far from the top and all that. I mean, I don't, I don't really buy into that too much. I mean, obviously it wasn't a terrible result and it, it you know, it wasn't as bad as it could have been in terms of the other results elsewhere. But the way I always look at this and I always have done, whether, it, you know, whether it's been looking at city for work or whatever is you've missed an opportunity. It's like, I'm, I don't know if that's me being positive or negative as a person, but it's just like you've, you've missed an opportunity there. It, it should be, for me, it's even more annoying that you've not won because the other teams haven't won either. And it's like you've, you could have made up ground. And I, Yeah, that, that's how I view that. But I mean, funnily enough, probably over the rest of the, the United chat on this podcast, um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with what Guardiola's doing, but I do understand it. And you mentioned the subs article I wrote at the weekend. There's It's quite a bit of devil's advocate going on there. But I do think, you know, rather than having me talk about how shit the performance was for half an hour, it's probably more worthwhile me trying to get into Guardiola's head and say, well, look, I might have thought it was shit or I might have thought it was a bit negative, certainly. But um, maybe this is what he's trying to do. And that might be a bit more, uh, useful going forward, a bit more constructive, maybe. I was going to say, certainly more interesting. Approach. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, look, if it's it's a lot of games away. It's probably like five or six games away, but it's like two weeks, less than three weeks, I think, before City played Chelsea away. So it's going to happen again. You know, this might well happen again, this kind of performance. Um, and that whole talk of it being about weather, that word is just going to be used all season. <laughs> anyway. um, I think it really was because it did show us. It wasn't, I don't think that was just City. So just on an off day or, you know, Neville, Gary Neville on commentary going on about using the ball slowly and that. I just think it's happened a lot. And part of it is, I think this is, this actually was Guardiola's way of addressing some of the, the problems that City have had. And in fairness, some of the problems that we've talked about and fans have talked about and said, this needs to be fixed. I think that's his way of fixing it.
1: Well, we've, I mean, you mentioned before that we were texting about the podcast after the game. Um, like we were both theorizing about what, what his approach was and and how he was kind of thinking through things and specifically why he didn't kind of go for it near the end. United were definitely flagging in the, in the second half and City had attacking options on the bench. You know, Bernardo Silva was there. uh, Phil Foden was there. Um, it kind of all comes down to this risk reward balance, doesn't it? In that, like, I guess at the moment he doesn't see the rewards of going for that game outweighing the risks of of opening it up and, and potentially being done on the counter attack, does he?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, this is this is the area where I mean, and this is it. Like, it 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 makes no difference, I think, what I think about this about what he should have done in the last twenty minutes. Like, I don't know as much about the team or about football as he does, but for me. The last 20 minutes, you know, United didn't have anything, and even if you're going to go like for like, so you bring off Sterling, who wasn't really doing it, and you bring on Foden, there's you've got somebody who's a bit of a spark there, uh, and it's just, like it's, it's worth trying, it was worth trying something different. Um, I know Foden. Again, you get into the fact that why Guardiola wouldn't have done that or didn't do that. And I think it was because Foden gave the ball away quite sloppily against Marseille last week, like he did against Olympiacos at home before the Liverpool game, which meant he didn't against Liverpool either. Because I think Pep still sees him as too sloppy. And too forward-thinking actually takes too many risks, which isn't a criticism when I'm saying it. But I think from Guardiola's point of view, when he wants to keep things tight in these games, it is a criticism. It is a kind of – it's a – it's something to count against him when he thinks who should I bring on here. But I mean, even Solo like Bernardo Silva's not obviously. Obviously, he's not been playing particularly well for a while. But um, he did he did well in the the one derby the City won last year, obviously with that great goal. Um, and he's, he's certainly a he's a safer player than than Foden in terms of his use of the ball. I mean, I, I should I mean I should have asked. I know Gundogan's people. I should, I should have asked by now if he if he was fit enough to come on. But I presume that he's he wasn't. Because it was like when David Silver was on the bench at Anfield last year, you just think he must trust Silver and Gundogan to come on. But Silver had had a knock and Gundogan had had a knock, so I'd I'd imagine it's that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I looking at it, I think it was negative to go. I'd rather have the nil nil than 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 try and win it, given City's position in the game. That's my view on it. Um, But I think the devil's advocate part of it, and like. Guardiola's press conference was quite revealing, actually, in terms of his different answers. There was always interesting things dotted around the different answers, and it kind of gave the clue to to what he was thinking. And you're right; um, it was risk and reward, and he would have rather got the nil nil than risked going for the to well risk trying to win one nil, um, and and gambled with losing one nil. Um, even though, and again, this is something he didn't address, obviously, but to us looking at it. United were dead and they're out of it, a bit like Liverpool were in the last 20 minutes at home um, a month ago. But I presume Guardiola would have been thinking, if I take off Fernandinho, for argument's sake, and bring on Foden, then the game the, the game won't be under control. You know, United or Liverpool will go the other way or have a counter-attack. And maybe even, you know, just because he's being so safe at the moment, and I think he is being very safe, which we'll come on to, maybe for good reason, is... Even if it's not something as obvious as Fernandinho off and Foden on, even something as obvious as Sterling off and Foden on, I'm sure he was probably still thinking if he well, gives the ball away. Yeah, all it takes is, is a, attack,
1: all it takes is one sloppy pass, and suddenly you could have Mashford, uh, Rashford and Martial running in at the and Stones, couldn't yeah, you?
0: Yeah, although although again, this is where I personally disagree. For all it's worth, if Foden gives the ball away on the left wing, on the or even on the edge of the box, which you know City have conceded from last season. It's like with Fernandinho and Rodri there, like, the fullbacks weren't especially adventurous either. It's just like, surely there would have be enough. There's some sort of protection there, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of protection. It it was ultra safe from Guardiola, and I I do think it was too safe. But in terms of understanding his decision and being able to explain it, I I think I do understand it, and I think it's worth explaining. So,
1: but here's I mean, here's another angle to the the devil's advocate side of things. Is like like United were flagging. They were they were stro- They were they were staying in the game at that stage. City were effectively doing the same, but in United half, they were the, I always felt like of the two teams, City were the more likely to to have scored, even if it was, you know, marginal by that stage. Um, there was that, there was that moment in the second half where I think Jesus was offside in the end, um, but he gets through one-on-one with De Gea and oh, yeah. I, I just doesn't, doesn't take the shot on at any point at all. And at, like at that point, if City put the ball in the net, then the VAR has to at least check whether he was offside or not. Um, And I'm just thinking, like, without that change, even though it's, you know, kind of tumbling towards a nil-nil and, you know, both sides are kind of going through the motions, it was still City that, that, that that were closest to creating that chance.
0: Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean they were close to creating a chance. They were closer than United, I think. But then it's a bit like one of those, like the Spurs game, for example. Like... Spurs weren't close to creating a load of chances but all of a sudden if they, if they do have a counter or they score from a set piece then you know you can control a game in a sense without having the ball. I'm not saying that's what United were doing at all but I was looking at the odds with five or ten minutes to go and thinking I wouldn't be surprised if United hit on the break. Like, I might have a fiver on that kind of thing but I didn't bother in the end and obviously I was right to because nothing really happened but just because City were closer um, I wouldn't say they were particularly close and when you know what I would say is they were they were much closer to scoring a goal over the 90 minutes really in terms of creating chances. There was that spell in the first half where every corner that came in just looked like City were definitely going to concede from the next one. It was really bad. But that kind of faded. And then City did create a couple of chances. The best one probably. The mares one where I think it was Stones. A bit of indecision from Stones at first. But then he just went, actually, no, I'm going to take care of this. Did take care of it. City got the ball up the pitch. De Bruyne played a the perfect first-time pass, and then obviously Marias did what all the City players do and took too many touches and let people get back in and, and missed it. Um So City, you know, on another day could have won, which is you know the the, the usual favorite Guardiola argument. Um But it, yeah, it, when he said after the game what I asked him about the subs, it was that with he said he he saw Sterling Jesus. And De Bruyne, he said they were down there. They was they were still creating the chances. I didn't want to change the structure of the team. It's like they, they weren't creating there, were they? Like, I, I it can it, again. I'm gonna have to go devil's advocate, I think, and try and, as we speak, put myself in his position because every time Sterling got the ball in the last ten minutes, just ran it off the pitch at the back, or like, just like fell over when Maguire went near him. Like, it was. Like, there was nothing happening there. There was that ball De Bruyne put into the box, and Jesus just wasn't even there. And it, it went. It went out for a throw in on the other side, and I think De Bruyne was still complaining when Cancelo kept it in, and like complaining, like, rightfully so in this case. Um, it just they they weren't creating those chances in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, um, but again, so I think. I think Guardiola was probably actually thinking. I'm just not going to throw this game away. And also, an important thing that I didn't actually make it into my Subs article, but I've tweeted about it on Sunday. And I've retweeted it a couple of times. And I think it's very pertinent because if we tie this whole game up into the this is where City are at the moment kind of present and just say that this is what's happening. In October, we were saying, look, they're too open on the counter-attack. The defence isn't strong enough. They need to sort that out. Guardiola, I think, to be fair, maybe he's gone too far with it, but he's, these are the steps he's taken to sort it out. Six clean sheets in a row
1: and it's exactly right, I an mean, club record, yeah.
0: You just can't say fairer than that. You just can't say fairer than that. Um, not the best opposition. Fine, not the best opposition. But it's the, a reaction to the the Liverpool game when they were very open on the counter attack but didn't actually get punished and the Spurs game where they where they did um and obviously it's a united game after the ones last season which we talked about a lot where which all kind of followed the same blueprint really from United's point of view and you know city played very similarly in all of them so he would have had that in his mind I think it might go back to the Lyon game you know the whole the whole change of thinking in the Champions League you know in the first couple of seasons the ironic thing about that Spurs game, when they got knocked out by Spurs the season before last, was he was trying to close up shop in the first leg to not get blown away. But then just the way that the second leg went, <laughs> he ended up having to do it anyway. And they went yeah. out because they considered too many away goals, which was very ironic. So he kind of learned his lesson. And that first leg should have been the kind of, the really identifiable step in Guardiola's learning curve in Europe but because they lost the second leg and it didn't go the first leg didn't go with them obviously and the second leg kind of went as it was it kind of got swept under the carpet a bit but why I'm kind of focusing on that again now is of the reason there is people might remember that de bruyne and sané were on the bench because he was keeping them fresh for the palace game because obviously this was a time when city needed to win every single premier league game um and it didn't bring them on to the 89th minute and people were like, that wasn't a very good game from City, but the the intention then, which was much rarer at that time than it is now, was to go in and keep it tight and not concede a load of goals because of what had happened at Liverpool the year before and Monaco the year before that, and even God Hoffenheim gave them problems. I think that was a season. Leon beat them in the group stage. Um, there was a there was a was it Schalke when City scored. Right, at yeah. the two goals right at the end, and one three two. But yeah. They were quite. They, they poor were two one down
1: for a long time in that game.
0: Yeah, exactly. They were quite poor then, um, and so I think he was like, "Well, I don't want that happening. I'm going to close up." And that was, you know, that was the intention. They played for a for either a 0-0 or to win one 0 and obviously Aguero missed the penalty. And I think it was quite a good game plan. It didn't quite pan out, but fine, that can happen. But part of that was the subs. Um, he didn't want to bring on Sane and De Bruyne too early because he felt that would have been a message to the rest of the team, oh, we're going for it, are we? And, and, you know, they start making a bit more of an expansive pass. They start taking more risks in possession. That Then they lose the ball and Spurs counter-attack and suddenly it's 2-0 and they're knackered for the second leg. So, But, I mean, I don't know why Guardiola would bring them on at all, really. Unless it was just like, well, it's four minutes, so they they can make a difference. They could get us an away goal. But definitely his thinking, whether it was... Flawed or not, was I don't want to send these two guys on because it would persuade the others to go to attacking, and I, I would imagine that that was very similar on on Saturday. If he'd have if he would have made if he'd have just made a couple of chances, it, just even the act of being seen to change it too much might have unconsciously told the other players to go for it a bit more, which is obviously what he didn't want. He didn't want to lose that game on the counter attack.
1: just
0: looked stressed all the time. It got really to the point where they were completely untouchable in the league. Someone should tell him that if he mentions some Coronation Street episode, something like that, probably he's gonna be more more popular. I will be Mancunian for the rest of my life, so I will be Manchester City fan.
1: And yet, there's there's something that it just feels like there's something missing a little bit.
0: I'm Ian McIntosh, and this is Beyond the Headline. Over the next two episodes, we'll take a look back on moments from Guardiola's coaching past and see what they might tell us about his coaching future. We'll ponder what another two years of Pep's Man City might look like and wonder whether everyone involved might come to regret it. That's Beyond the Headline, available wherever you get your podcasts or Get it ad free via The Athletic.
1: I want to tap into some of what you've just said there as well about um, kind of like the bigger picture thinking, because especially in this season, more than any, we've already seen you know a raft of of odd results. You know, teams are not putting together winning runs like they were you know in in previous years. Um, and there's there's a common misconception that always gets applied to newly promoted teams. And you know, you always hear pundits say things like, "Well, they score enough goals, they'll stay up." And it's almost never the case. It's almost never the case that the teams that score most stay up. It's always the teams that defend well. And then you look at, uh, you know, flip that over to the title race. And the last last couple of um, times that the title race has, as that City have won, you know, you look at, at Liverpool in 13, 14, they scored over 100 goals, but they'd let in too many. They weren't defending well enough to win the league. City last season scored over 100 goals, didn't defend well enough to win the title. I'm just wondering if. This kind of batten down the hatches style this season, especially more than ever, is going to benefit City in in the long run, in the bigger picture. This this is a like you're talking before about, about points gained on uh, on rivals. Okay, they, they they didn't gain any points on the rivals this uh, this weekend, but they didn't lose any ground either. They're still well within that picture, and if they can play this game over the long haul for the next few months or so, it's the other teams that could end up dropping out because they're let, they're, they're dropping points elsewhere.
0: Possibly. Possibly, I think there's a. It it won't be the only thing. It can't be the only thing, because uh, well, there's there's too many games that season where they had chances and didn't score. So that's that's obviously the other side of it. And even you know we saw that on Saturday. You know Southampton will be a good example. So it's all well and good. And I mean that's quite a dismissive phrase actually. But it's like it's fine actually to 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 play this kind of. More circumspect way, in a way game. So, look, Old Trafford at the weekend, maybe Stamford Bridge in a a few weeks. Um, But like Southampton at the weekend will be interesting because City can't play as explicitly defensively as they did or, you know, with kind of lacking as much ambition in the last 20 minutes as they did at the weekend when they play Southampton. um, They will need to be a bit more, a bit more proactive, I think. I don't think they could, they Could go to Southampton and play for a nil nil and hope to nick a one nil. Kind of, I don't, I just don't think they could do that. Um, it, it should help, it could help them in big games away from home. Um, but obviously, you know, Spurs has already gone and you know, Guardiola seems to have arrived at this game plan since then, maybe. Yeah, um, so that's that's part of it. The other thing which might help City is, yeah, just the simple fact that it's probably not going to take. Ninety odd points to win the league again this season. So yeah, um it it might not help City improve too much more points wise from last season, but if everybody's a bit closer to them or the the nearest the you know the top challengers nearest to them, unlike Liverpool last season who were out of sight, then that might help. Um I think I think it will help in some cases, and like you know, the Southampton game in July after City had beat Liverpool, I think it was, um, when City lost one 0 I mean yeah if they're more defensively solid then it'll be nil nil instead and that's an extra point compared to last season but I do think the biggest thing will be creating the chances and that genuinely is the biggest thing for Guardiola um I was speaking I was speaking to somebody the other day who plays golf with him and it's always good to to speak to somebody new who knows him and it just kind of reinforces everything you you already know already like whenever whenever they talk it's always you know, it, it's not. It's genuinely not about the defense for him. You know, when he always says in press conferences, "Oh well, if we scored that, we wouldn't be talking about the defense." He's not even trying to take the heat off them or or play mind games with the forwards or whatever. That's genuinely what he's like, and that's what you know. That's what will decide it. So, and and the thing is, if Guardiola has found it like a structure, and and again, this is kind of why it's like to be fair to him. How many times have I said on this podcast he should find solutions with his within his own team? Rather than rely on the transfer window, I mean, look, it's not as it's not really what I had in mind, and I still think <laughs> he could probably play. I still think he could play Bernardo and and who as number eights, uh, and he could play Foden as a number eight. But I mean, he he won't obviously because of how sees how he sees the game. But I'm sure that would still work. But he has found solutions. But again, um, it,
1: it all comes down to the balance of what's entertaining versus what's you know what's going to get us points.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, and just for me as well, it's like it's easier. Is it easier? I think it might be easier to 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 make that change. So he's obviously he's made that change now, and the team are a bit more solid in those games. Like I said, I don't I don't think they're going to approach every game like they did at United. So that's a one off. Like I say, they will need to be different against Southampton. But what they do need to do, and what he can't change, I don't think he can improve because no coach can, is scoring the goals because we saw last season they were creating more chances than everyone else, loads more just missing so many and it was generally sterling it was generally jesus who were missing them and that's something that still needs to change but obviously the thing this season is they've they're not creating as many chances as they normally do um and you know that might be because they're playing safer football obviously i think they were just playing worse football at times earlier in the season for whatever reason you know injuries tiredness whatever so that's part of it but they're, they're, they are creating less as well so there is an element of this defensive solidity will help, and just having like Ruben Diaz, who can defend on the pitch, and John Stones, who's confident of playing well on the pitch, that will help. And Laporte, because you know he's not a write-off clearly, and he played very well when he came back in in the week. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was him and Stones soon, just for one game anyway, to see how it goes. Um, that helps, but you you need your forwards to score goals. And like, he he dismissively yeah. said, you know, I think somebody asked him in the, after the press conference, "How do you sort that out?" And he just went. To put the ball in the net or something. It was like, yeah, okay, but yeah. it's a pity. I didn't, but he uh, As
1: I say, he can't do anything other than that. Like if he, if he, if he creates the football in the build-up to, to that, that gives the striker the opportunity of an open goal, and they miss it.
0: Like, there's, the, what more can he do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the structures were in place last season. They were creating. They were creating a lot of chances, even though you know they 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 weren't as good last year. There were problems, but it was the weird thing with City was those problems were only evident well, once every three games. Whereas this season, they just seem a different team altogether. Like you could watch City in most games last season and just be like, "This is the same team as it ever was." Yeah. And then you could watch them in about a third of their games and be like, "Oh, they're not." Whereas this season, it's just like, I'm not quite sure, like what this City team is. You know, if you take the Burnley, the Burnley game out of it, it's just it, it is it's it's a different look inside. Um, they, they is, don't, is this they the don't, best we can do with this group of and, players? Well, yeah, I mean, again, the whole devil's advocate thing is, I do think the way he looks at his team and the way he thinks I need to get results from this team and I need to set up my team using these guys and not anybody else and his very specific way of looking at things and the way that the squad is made up, I think this might be his way of thinking this is the best I can get out of the team. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the best anybody could get out of the team, or maybe I, I don't know. I'm not saying another. I'm not actually saying another manager could do a better job, but like I said, there's surely scope for. for I don't know. Like maybe Carl Walker could get forward more often and create more width down that side. You know, may, you know. Surely it doesn't. I mean, maybe does it always have to be a uh, like Gundogan sitting in there? Like if alongside Rodri or Fernandinho, like could, could it not be Bernardo who's allowed to get forward like De Bruyne does or Foden? I mean, I've I've talked about the whole power element before, and that's what it is. But this is what I mean by the way Guardiola sees the squad and the way it's made up. Like it, it does seem to be that this is, this is almost kind of the best the best he can hope for. And also the way that, you know, the, the high pressing has dropped off. So it dropped off a bit last season. It's dropped off even more this season for whatever reason, you know, it could just be fatigue. And you'd imagine it is because most teams have dropped off. But the fact is that it has dropped off. And if you can't control a game through the high pressing, then you do need to be a bit more solid in the middle maybe. And if you can't control a game through David Silver's use of the ball or even Gundogan's use of the ball, then maybe you do just control You have to it. be a bit... Bit, bit two bit yeah. Two two big fuckers in the midfield who don't know anyone past them. Uh, like maybe that is maybe that is the way. Like and then, uh, like yeah. So he's always going to play Gundogan and Rodri in midfield. Or if Gundogan's injured, then it'll be Bernardo playing a much deeper role or Fernandinho. Like it's not going to be a, a deep line midfielder and two number eights. We saw it a bit against Marseille, and I'd love to think he was trialing that out for later on. But um, it's it's very very rarely, if not never going to be that and then the way the squad's made up the left back situation like they play the inverted wingers but um there's you know there's there's very rarely width on the left unless Mendy's playing and obviously I think Cancelo's done a better job defensively than Mendy and I think both would have on recent form would have deserved to play in the derby but um I think overall Cancelo is better but He's not as he's the good, safer option, he isn't he? It. Yeah, he's a safer option. But I think he's, he's he is more creative as well going forward in a certain way. But like I say, the way the squad's made up, there is no one really who can play wide on the left. Um like I know Foden's done it and it did look good in that. Was it the Marseille game away? There's no one really there, like like I say, the Sane alternative, the Sane replacement is right-footed in Torres, so he could play for Torres there, but he's still going to be inverted. Inverted wingers are fine if you've got somebody providing the width. Um, look, I don't think Angelino is the best option City had last season, but um, in terms of the style, he fits the play better than any of the other, any of the others. You know, he attacks, he gets forward, he puts crosses in. He's not great defensively, but none of them are. Like the the way the squad is made up, and like. Again in the midfield, Carl Walker always has to stay back because like the midfield aren't always great at stopping counterattacks. So and and the, the other defenders aren't especially quick. So Walker always has to stay back, so he doesn't get forward too much. I know people don't think he's that good at getting forward, but when he does, it's a it's a really dangerous option. And like but that that kind of option to use him. More often going forward on the right isn't there because he's needed to stay back and guard against counter attacks because the high pressing is not there and because the midfielders, apart from Fernandinho, if he plays like he did against Marseille last week, can't stop the counter attacks that effectively. So Walk has to stay back and then it's you like this giant domino effect. You offense. need your left back to go back to go forward and provide the width, but Cancelo is the best one and he has to come inside. And then you're playing inverted wingers because you haven't really got a proper left footed winger like Sane was. So there's that as well. And then you won't play another midfielder that's forward-thinking like Bernardo or Foden in midfield because Guardiola, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but this is just how Guardiola sees it. You need that certain player in the middle of the pitch to just knock the ball around quickly to get it and give it again and, and, and do it like that. The way the squad is made up, it might be this is the best... You could get out of them, which I think to us, include, like me, myself included, to like pundits watching on TV. So, you know, all the Sky Sports pundits the other day who couldn't believe City were playing like this, all the fans who couldn't believe City were playing like this. Uh, to us, we would think, we'll just put Foden on, put Foden in the midfield instead of, for argument's sake, Fernandinho. Have Rodri holding, got Foden and De Bruyne. He um, put Bernardo on the left wing. You know, it, to us, it seems like all those pieces are there. But I just think the way that Guardiola sees it, and, you know, he's probably right too in most cases. And the way that, you know, they never bought a left-back into summer. fine. I thought it was the wrong decision. They've been all right with it. I still think it was the wrong decision. Um, the inverted wingers, again, fine if you've got the width. They haven't always got the width. Like, this is why, to us, I think, we think surely, like, if we were naming a best eleven it wouldn't be the same as Guardiola's. But I just think, with all the kind of parameters that there are, and the way he sees it, and the way that the squad is built, and I'll say this a million times, this might yeah, this might be the best way that they can play in these games. This might be the, a kind of, I might be overreacting. This might just be one result. But this might be the, the way that City play in the big games this season. This might be how they play at Chelsea in a week's time. This might be how they play at um Borussia back in the Champions League. If they get through that, it might be how they play. probably will be how they play. If they get Bayern Munich away or Real Madrid away. You know, all these big games now, this might be what they do. Until next season, when you know maybe they can get the pressing back, or maybe they've got a a more clinical striker than they've got at the moment. Like this, this might actually be the the best the best approach for these games that Guardiola can think of, and it might be, you know it might be something we have to get used to. And you know we were watching the derby, thinking, you know, kind of almost judging City against the standards from a couple of years ago, and thinking, oh well, you know they should be four up by now, or why aren't they pushing for it more? It might, it might be you know the new reality of this city team for now. You know it's a compromise. I'm not saying it's it's the best, the best city team there's ever going to be, but it might be the best, the best the Guardiola can get out of this team at the moment. Which I mean, I, and I don't know if that's going to be enough to win the league. I don't know if that like defensive improvement on his own is is going to be enough, even with other teams, you know, dropping points. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm actually skeptical. I'm not sure. I don't I don't think City can win the league. This year. Well, they can, but I don't I don't think they will.
1: Well, here's here's the interesting question then in that in that sense because you mentioned Borussia Mönchengladbach that city's uh, Champions League draw. Um, Guardiola said at the start of the season he had a funny feeling about the Champions League this season that that he, he feels things are, are are going to change in it. Um, it's undeniable that in the competition so far, especially under him, there have been some absolutely suicidal games defensively. Um, I, you look at the, the way they went out; they went out to Monaco because they conceded six goals at, uh, across the two ties. Okay, they scored six, but it was still away goals that knocked them out. Um, Liverpool Anfield was a disaster. Spurs, the second leg, you said was chaos and uh, and. You know exactly what. Again, the away goals rule proved, really to, lucky, yeah, yeah. To, to, to knock him out. Uh, Leon, there was elements of uh, bad defending in in that game as again, and just a, another typical poor performance from from City from last season. Um, is is that tighter defence now a reason for him to feel more confident about the Champions League? Is it is it more suited to the oh, way right. that the Champions League is formatted in that it's a cup competition?
0: Well, I mean, there was a we were doing a bit of devil's advocate stuff after Leon weren't we but I think we decided that he'd gone too far and showed them too much respect and he was too dour but it was like well I can see why he wanted to guard against their counter attacks but you know, at the time I was like I was just saying it's something we need to get used to maybe a new city maybe this is something we needed to get used to after Leon or during the Leon game you know we were thinking if, if City were playing to their strengths you know the old City they would blitz Leon you know just playing how they usually do but you know, that maybe that's gone, you know, and Guardiola knew that was gone, or, you know, or maybe, or maybe it was an element of both, but maybe he was thinking, okay, well, this is a counter-attack, a counter-attacking team, we're not very good at counter-attacks, so I'm just going to do this. I do think he went too far with it, a bit like it, I personally think he did, he went too far defensively against United. But, um yeah, if you look at it now, and they do defend more solidly, um then it's a bit like when I mentioned the Southampton game. City still need to take their chances and they were obviously comically bad in terms of the finishing against Lyon and that was as big a part of it as the defensive errors. But like I said earlier on, if City go into these big games and they can at least defend solidly and they don't actually...
1: And they don't concede three away goals. Well,
0: (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but they don't concede but they don't create many chances either. But if they don't concede, then they might, you know, they might be in a better position to nick it. You know, there's an awful lot of hopes being pegged to Aguero at the moment, isn't there? And I, I, I mean, I don't know how helpful it's going to be. But like in, in three months, it's easy to imagine him being back in and being fit and helping out. So that, you know, that could be the difference. Um, but, I mean, Guardiola saying at the start of the season, I've got a funny feeling about the Champions League. It comes back to what I said the other week. Like, I think the way I look at City is I'm kind of basing it on that they weren't great last season. They were very good, but not great. You know, they dropped a bit. And this season, I think they've dropped again. So that's why I'm, I'm a bit down on their chances. Whereas a lot of fans will just be listening to it too, going, we've got loads of quality, we've got a great manager, and they've just basically got faith that things are going to go better. And I think that's... that. I mean, surely that can be the only reason Guardiola felt like he would say things are going to be better this season. Because I don't know what else that would be based on. I really don't. But again, maybe... Maybe as the season's gone on, and that defensive solidity has come. Although again, it wasn't enough for the Spurs game. It, it doesn't. I don't think it's the the plan he's had all season. I think it's the plan that's kind of maybe been reinforced in his head over the last few weeks. But I I don't know. I didn't know at the time why he felt he would say things are going to be different this year. And I I I really don't know. Many City fans who would actually agree with him. Um, but look, he he may be right. And this this approach, if if, for argument's sake, they do take this approach that they used against United into the Champions League, it would actually be a good idea in those big away games. Two-legged football, great idea. You know, play for a nil-nil away from home if you want. Like like I say, that when they did it against Spurs, that was a good idea. Um, and yeah, the Leon game, I think they went too far with it, actually, considering it was a 90-minute game. And, you know, Leon weren't particularly strong. You know, and City had they were actually still creating chances last season. You know, this season they're not. Um, but yeah, I think that as an approach in away games in the Champions League um, does make a lot of sense. Uh, and it might help, it might help, but it just keeps, you know, they can score the chances.
1: Just looking at him in the Champions League though, I mean, you, you look at his record with City, um, again, Monaco, Liverpool, Spurs and Lyon. Um, it gets to him, doesn't it? it uh, the criticism that he hasn't won the won the Champions League away from uh, without Lionel Messi and without Barcelona, it does it does get to him.
0: Yeah it does and like, but like, understandably so. I mean it gets to me. <laughs> like I, I yeah just I mean I think everybody's had this conversation already. I think we must have talked about it at some point. But like the idea that his time at Bayern was a failure because he didn't win the Champions League is just not something I'm ever going to subscribe to really. Um maybe a bit of a disappointment but you know Bayern won the Champions League. You know he didn't he didn't in terms of in terms of people saying he takes the easy option for a start, which is a bit of a tangent, you know, he signed that contract at Bayern when they were kind of hurting from the season before. He, he didn't think these guys are going to win the treble and it's going to be easy. And obviously, they, then they did win the treble. Did he live up to the standard in the Champions League? No. But when was the last time Bayern won the Champions League before that? It was like 20 years It was like 20 years before. Or like, when? oh no, hang on, no, it was 20 years ago from now. So it would have been about 10 years earlier. And they'd won three in a row in the 70s so it's not like they actually have this great pedigree recently of, of winning it so like getting to the semi-finals is a good achievement they didn't get that far again you know for years until until very recently so I mean that was fine the Messi thing annoys me even more like if it was that easy to win the Champions League with Messi then they'd have been winning it left right and centre since he left and they've won it once yeah. and it's like so fine they you know they 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 can win it you know Messi can win it without Guardiola that that has been proven but to keep a team winning, you know, for three years at Bayern Munich, and then they lost a few semifinals. And for people to say it was a failure at Bayern Munich because he didn't win some semifinals, but it kept them fucking winning everything else. Like, no wonder he's pissed off. And that's why, you know, he always, for the last couple of seasons, he would always sarcastically refer to himself as, like, oh, I know I'm a failure because I didn't win it with Bayern. Like, that's how we know it affects him and it gets to him and why Why wouldn't it? he knows how difficult it is we should know how difficult it is but we don't and that's like that's the issue like when when we hammer managers whether it's pep or even social or whoever you know we just don't know how, how difficult it is and yes we can say like a club should be doing better than this but like if we're going to hammer a manager who's done that much like it's and it, this isn't just me talking about pep it's about anyone really but like yeah, no wonder it annoys him because he's been there and he knows how difficult it is and he knows, I guess, how hard he has to work. And yeah, look, maybe he doesn't always make the right decisions. But this again, this is kind of the standards thing. Like, Which other, which other managers ever won two Champions Leagues and been told that's not enough and they need to win more? Never. It just doesn't happen. Is that, uh,
1: is, is that going to be part of the reason or part of his, of his thinking in a different approach to the Champions League this season? Given oh, yeah. what, given what we've talked about with with the squad and and maybe how he sees its limitations, given the fact that that it, it's again cut football, they keep going out of it in, in with with disastrous defending in, in in very kind of specific times, and and given the criticism that he's faced,
0: yeah, well it's it's interesting. Last season he didn't really talk about it so much, but like for like the two or three years when he was first at City. He would do that. Oh, yeah, I know I'm afraid because I didn't win the Champions League. And he was very kind of bullish. You know, before the Tottenham game, after they lost in the first leg, because it, it, what was probably playing on his mind was the fact that he'd got a lot of criticism from fans and media for, you know, playing a poor game and losing 1 0. But obviously, in his mind it was like, well, I know why I played that game. We would have won if it weren't for this penalty. They had one chance and they scored it from, you know, Dalf switching off for like a second. And that was like the first time Dalf had played in, in forever, which was quite odd, to be fair. If, you, if we're going to you know, either give Guardiola credit when people don't give it him or, you know, maybe question his decisions. Playing Dalph in that game was a bit weird. Um, but before that Spurs game, he 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 did say twice, because we will win. He was like, we we will get through to the semifinals. He goes, in front of our fans, we will beat Spurs and we'll get through. Which wasn't actually picked up on too much in the media. But he was still very bullish and, oh yeah, I know I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. But after that Spurs game, he was very kind of down to earth. And he said... He goes, yeah, well, you know, whatever we've been doing in the Champions League over the last few years, you know, it hasn't really been working and maybe we need to change the approach. And last season, I think he kind of, I don't think he wanted to talk about that quite so much. And it kind of just reverted to type, you know, the usual questions. Are you going to win the Champions League this year? Blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And it wasn't talked about again. But yeah, again, we saw that against Leon, And maybe I was too harsh at the time um, for criticising him. But even even so, I did try and understand why he did it. Um, And there
1: was a change of approach against Madrid, wasn't there?
0: There was a change of approach against Madrid. I mean, the second leg, not so much. You know, that was a very very front foot approach. You know, they did have the high pressing then. I mean, I don't know if it was easier to to wind them up for that game. Especially, like, I don't know. I'm not sure why they would, actually, because, you know, that was when. He said the semi-final against Arsenal in the FA Cup was a, like a dress rehearsal and like a, a test for a, a bellwether, actually. I don't think he used the word, um, <laughs> for the Real Madrid game. And obviously, they lost. So, I mean, he, he could have gone more defensive against Madrid. But obviously, he thought, no, the best the best thing to do is high pressing. And for whatever reason, the players were able to do that for 90 minutes. You know, Gundogan was great operating a bit further forward, but obviously dropping back as well. It, Rodri was very good. It was a very good night for City. Um yeah, I, I, there is. I, he's definitely over the last eighteen months realized when he can't do that, and I don't think you know he didn't do that at the Bernabeu, did he? Like it was much more defensive, and you know Mendy was told to stay back and not attack so much and keep those spaces, stay tight together. I think that's what he's probably learned over the course of the Champions League game. Going, on, that's why I think the the Spurs game, the first leg. Which often gets overlooked is a really important step in his kind of Champions League evolution, and I think it was he got to that stage maybe after Schalke away and thought we're just conceding too many goals here. We need to change it, but because those games happen, you know, once you know they're, they're they're a year apart, aren't they? He did it against Spurs, and then the second leg was the second leg, and they were out, and then you forget for a year, and then he did it against Leon, and then they lost for like ridiculous circumstances, and then you forget. And it's only now that he's doing it domestically against United that we start to think, oh, yeah, may, may, you know, maybe this is maybe this is the way it's going. And even if they did have the high press in this season, um, he would still play like he did at the weekend in the Champions League because he's just – he can't be that open. And I, I do think he knows that now. But then it's kind of not so much the look of the draw, but what happens on the day. Um, you know, the Leon game, Leon like like we said about the United game, like we say every time City lose, yeah, they probably did have the chances to win it. They did have the chances to win it against Leon, but at the same time they kind of I do think they made their own bed. And obviously there was the mistakes from Laporte again, which is just like you can't legislate for. So yeah. Um but yeah, he's he's definitely more I don't know, it's not pragmatic. He was asked again at the weekend, having been asked in his first season, you know, compared to Mourinho, is he pragmatic? And he was like I am pragmatic. My idea of pragmatism is keeping the ball away from the goal so they can't score. You know, what, what's more pragmatic than that? <laughs> and making sure the opposition don't score and we score more than them. Just because I don't, I don't put 10 men behind the ball doesn't mean I'm not pragmatic. He yeah. was asked about it again at the weekend saying, you know, you're a bit more pragmatic now. He was like, I've always been the most pragmatic coach in the world. And it's, that's right. It's like, it's like the kind of neurosis, isn't it? It's that attention to detail. Just because he's not putting everyone back and playing on the counter-attack, that's our English version of pragmatism. It's it's a very strange thing, but um, that's the thing. That's not the word. It's he's not being more pragmatic. He's but he is being more circumspect. He's maybe I don't know. Maybe just wising up to it a bit more. Maybe he's just realised that he maybe other teams could. Maybe other teams could blitz everyone away from home. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe Bayern could. Maybe Liverpool could. But Liverpool lost last year, and they you know they need to change their approach a bit. But I don't. I, I think he realizes that his teams, or he thinks that his teams can't. Just turn up and play their game away from home, even against you know like Leon, Hoffenheim, Schalke, because you know they'll just get caught. And I think he has realised that, and and I think we're just I don't know, maybe it's just me being slow on the uptake, but I think we're realising now that this is where he's at.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll go all out attack now against uh, Munchen Gladbach and uh, Southampton at the weekend, and we'll sit here with egg on our face next week. No, you know, no, 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 like, <laughs> like I say, with
0: Southampton, they can't they can't just sit back and do what they did against United against Southampton. I I don't think. I don't think anybody would would accept that, and I don't think I don't think I could make a cogent argument on Guardiola's behalf for doing that. You know, if he does that and draws nil nil, and the fans are going mad again, I don't think I'm going to say, "Oh well, you know, he was worried about it." Like, they're a good team, Southampton, but he can't do that. And and Gladbach, like I say, he didn't do it against Real Madrid um, in the home game. And there was something where he thought, yeah, maybe it's because he was at home, but there was something that he thought, you know, high pressing is going to work. And maybe he will do it against Gladbach because maybe they leave too many spaces. I don't know. But um, I would imagine, uh, because he just, he pays so much respect to the opponents, doesn't he? Like, especially now, that's the thing. Like, people were saying he paid too much respect to United. And yeah, I can see that. And I think I agree with that. Um, I, I would imagine he would pay a huge amount of respect to to glad back and not attack too much away from home and try and shut up shop I would imagine that now but you know we're talking about a game that's going to happen in three months so.
1: yeah everything can change by then yeah. Think, yeah.
0: well I mean it often does doesn't it it often does yeah Yeah. well that's
1: it for this week's Wire Whizzles uh, you've been listening to Sam Lee
0: yeah that was a lot of word salad wasn't it I hope you enjoyed it
1: <laughs> uh, and to me David Mooney as well uh, don't forget if you sign up to The Athletic right now you'll get an extra free subscription just use the code MANCITYPOD <laughs>